to Natural Health Now, the podcast about natural healing approaches for common health problems available to you from your computer through telehealth technology. Our host is clinical nutritionist and author, Monty Klein, PhD, whose natural healing practice since 1983 has served clients around the country with telehealth computerized testing for foods and environmental sensitivities, nutrient deficiencies, toxins, stressed organs and glands, compatible natural remedies, and more. Dr. Klein is the author of the Junk Food Withdrawal Manual, Vitamin Manual for the Confused, the Sick and Tired Manual, Body, Mind, and Health, and Health Dare, Eight Reasons to Try Natural Healing. With today's program, here is Dr. Klein. Welcome again to the Natural Health Now podcast. I'm Dr. Monty Klein, founder and director of Pacific Health Center and PacificHealthCenter.com. This podcast is about natural healing approaches to common health problems with the goal of showing you how you can take control of your own health. So let's get on to today's topic. In this podcast, we're going to look at digestive problems. Now, digestive health is foundational. It affects everything else, and especially it's key to your immune system. And yet various digestive problems are very, very common. So in this podcast, I want to look at a trip through your digestive tract, just what's there, how does it work, what interferes with good digestion, digestive diseases, We'll focus in particular on constipation and diarrhea, and then talk about several steps to better digestion. So let's begin with a trip through your digestive tract. It all starts in your mouth. That's the beginning of your digestive tract. Chewing and mixing with saliva, and that aids in the digestion of starches. It also triggers your body to secrete the right enzymes for the rest of the process. It's kind of like putting an order in for the enzymes. Now, the first problem is that hardly anyone chews their food enough. Chewing is about digestion and assimilation of nutrients. And so, basically, you need to liquefy what you're chewing in order to get the optimum digestion and assimilation. Next is the stomach. Here we have hydrochloric acid, pepsin, renin, and lipase. Now, hydrochloric acid, contrary to popular opinion, doesn't actually digest anything. All it does is lower the pH of the stomach so that the pepsin protein digesting enzyme is activated. Renin separates milk into liquid and solid portions, and then lipase works on fat. The greatest part of your digestion and assimilation, though, is in the small intestine. Now, the stomach is very acid. The small intestine is very alkaline, just the opposite. So, pre-digested food from the stomach gradually is released into the small intestine, and there you're dealing with three digestive fluids, pancreatic fluid, intestinal juice, and bile. The enzymes in the pancreatic fluid begin breaking down the proteins, starches, sugars, and fats. The intestinal juice secreted by the small intestine continues this process, providing more enzymes. And then bile from the liver, which of course is stored in the gallbladder, emulsifies the fats. Finally, we go to the large intestine. Now, if things go according to design, the large intestine or colon just removes water and electrolyte minerals and thus forms the feces for elimination. Let's talk about digestive interference. Okay, what gets in the way of this process? What gets in the way of the design here? What screws it up? Okay, number one, poor mastication. 
Most people don't chew their food enough. They rush as they eat, and that rushing, that hurry, destroys digestion. We even have a term, you know, fast food, and uh, unfortunately, not only are people eating the fast food, but they're eating the fast food fast, I guess you would say. Again, slower mastication gives time to signal the rest of the digestive tract as to what's coming. Secondly, we have enzyme deficiencies. Diminished hydrochloric acid and enzymes occur with aging. It happens with most people. Now, it's also, though, created by years of abusing your digestive tract. That can come from eating too much in general. It can come from eating too much hard-to-digest food, like meat. It can come from eating too quickly. It can come from eating under stress. See, the part of your nervous system that controls digestion shuts down when you're under stress. Then we have the issue of dysbiosis. Dysbiosis refers to a bad bacteria imbalance in the intestinal tract. You need good bacteria in the digestive tract. Now, antibiotic drugs are the main culprit here. You also get antibiotic drugs not just from prescriptions, but through the food you eat. So if meats you eat come from animals that have been given antibiotics, you're getting the antibiotics too. Another digestive interference factor would be Candida albicans, a common yeast organism. Now, this thrives in the absence of good intestinal bacteria. It's originally triggered most often by antibiotic drugs, excess sugar in the diet, hormonal fluctuations, other things. But Candida, Candidiasis, can produce gas, bloating, increased allergic symptoms, and many others. Then we have food sensitivities as a factor in digestive interference. Reactions to common foods is really one of the main causes of indigestion. Dairy, wheat, other gluten-containing grains, baker's yeast, corn, and many others can be the culprits here. Now, everybody has food sensitivities to a greater or lesser extent. Now, I'm not talking here about a medical quote-unquote allergy, per se, where you have an antibody immune reaction to something. But sensitivities refers to a, a broader concept where we're talking about primarily a digestive reaction to a particular food. Then we have poor food combinations. You see, some foods just don't digest well together because they require different times for their digestion and different mediums in which they digest. So, for example, proteins digest in the stomach for hours in an acid medium. Carbohydrates, by contrast, digest primarily in the small intestine in an alkaline medium. Now, you mix the two together and you create a conflict. You create inefficient digestion. So what does go together? Well, proteins and vegetables go together. They digest together fine. Starches and vegetables go together. Fruits are best by themselves because they digest very quickly. You don't want fruits on top of foods that take hours to digest. So don't have fruit for dessert. That's just a recipe for a gas or other distress. Now, the more compromised your digestion is, the more important food combining is. If you have pretty good digestion, you might not notice a lot of reaction from combining proteins and starches, for example. But if you have a lot of digestive issues, you may notice a great deal of reaction to that food combination. The last one in terms of interfering factors would be emotional stress. There's probably no greater cause to indigestion. When you're stressed, your digestive tract becomes a whipping boy. The worst thing for digestion is to eat when you're stressed or when you're rushed. 
You know, in a fight-or-flight mode, digestion largely shuts down. That part of the nervous system that controls digestion is not really active. Anything that you then eat in that situation is just going to sit there undigested, or it's going to pass through undigested, producing diarrhea. Okay, let's talk about digestive diseases. Number one, irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. This involves irregular muscle contractions in the intestines. It can produce constipation, diarrhea, abdominal pain, bloating, stool mucus, uh, flatulence. Then we have colitis. Colitis is an inflammation of the mucous membranes of the colon where they may form small pouches. Ulcerative colitis is where the colon is lined with these ulcerative growths. Diverticulitis, somewhat similar. Again, it's inflammation of the colon mucous membranes, formation of pockets or diverticula in the colon wall, and then waste gets trapped in those pockets, producing infection and inflammation. It's largely the result of chronic constipation. Then we have Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease is inflammation of sections of usually the small intestine forming scar tissue. The tissues become non-functional and in extreme cases need to be surgically removed. Symptoms would include diarrhea, cramping, pain, malabsorption, anemia, loss of energy, loss of appetite, and loss of weight. Now most of these are caused or aggravated by lack of fiber and the resulting constipation. They're aggravated by food sensitivity, they're aggravated by enzyme deficiencies, and they're aggravated by emotional stress. Let's talk a bit about constipation and diarrhea. Constipation, less than one bowel movement a day is definitely constipation, and probably for most people, even less than two bowel movements a day is an indicator of constipation. Generally, you should have a bowel movement for every meal. So two meals a day, two bowel movements a day, three meals a day, three bowel movements a day. Constipation primarily caused by lack of fiber, lack of pure water, lack of exercise, and again, often caused by emotional stress. So the cure is a good natural whole food diet. Fiber supplements may be appropriate. Magnesium supplements may be appropriate. uh, Or herbal laxatives on a short-term basis. Okay, what about diarrhea? Well, in the other extreme... Uh, it's very similar, really. Again, can be caused by food sensitivity, by candida yeast overgrowth, other bowel pathogens like Giardia or E. coli, or again, emotional stress. Now, getting off the sensitive foods, correcting the candidiasis, homeopathics for intestinal pathogens, homeopathic diarrhea remedies, stress reduction, all these are helpful. Then fiber supplements like psyllium are also good for either constipation or diarrhea. Though we primarily think of psyllium husk supplements for constipation, actually the original usage of psyllium was for diarrhea. Finally, let's talk about five steps to better digestion. Number one, slow down. Take time to eat and digest. Chew your food thoroughly. Number two, avoid sensitive foods. Here you have to get tested, such as we do at Pacific Health Center with our telehealth testing, and get desensitized to those. Third, correct candidiasis. If you have candida yeast overgrowth, very important to get that corrected. Again, individual testing for the right remedies. Number four, digestive enzyme. This is essential for almost everyone. 
definitely if you have any type of digestive problems. Most often we find that a two-stage digestive enzyme works the best. Part of it works on the stomach digestion. The other part doesn't dissolve till it gets to the small intestine working on that aspect of digestion. And then number five, a fiber supplement. Psyllium husk is, again, the most common, but don't use the grocery store, drugstore brands that are sugar or artificial sweetener flavored. Other fibers include fruit pectin, glucomannan, and others. Fiber supplements are often helpful with IBS, colitis, diverticulitis, and Crohn's, but you have to be careful to use these in a small amount according to the level of toleration and gradually work up. In conclusion, I, I can't overemphasize the need for individual testing to determine best remedies. Nothing you do for your health is going to have a greater impact than improving your digestion. I hope today's podcast was helpful to your quest for better health. My goal was simply to show you a different way of approaching common health problems. Now, I publish a free weekly e-newsletter called Pacific Health Update that tackles current health topics of interest from a natural healing perspective. You can subscribe to that by going to our website, www.pacifichealthcenter.com, and clicking on the Keep Informed with Free e-newsletter button. Now, I also offer a free seven-point health assessment phone consultation. You can schedule that on our website as well by clicking on the Start Here button. This is Dr. Monty Klein wishing you the best of health in body, mind, and spirit till our next Natural Health Now podcast.